Hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, welcome to episode 69 of Brews Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the country. I'm your host, Brian, and we're exploring our featured city of Salt Lake this month. And of course, I'm joined by my awesome co-host for these episodes, Molly Sutter. How's it going, Molly? Hey, Brian, going pretty great. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. Good. Yeah, this podcast is supposed to be about beer and, and travel and we 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 fail to talk about the travel aspect uh, very much. So Molly, you just returned from a trip to the West Coast. You visited uh, the wonderful cities of Portland, Oregon, as well as our featured city this month, Salt Lake City, Utah. I travel a lot for this job as well as my my day job with the with our organization. Molly, I'm curious. Do you have a thing that you travel with that you don't realize how you could have traveled without it before? Ooh, so I feel like I'm definitely gonna sound like a millennial after this, but uh, headphones, man, I need I need my uh, my earphones, and I need some way to listen to music and then just uh, go on with my life and make awkward eye contact with people. So some AirPods and a book, and I'm pretty much set. Yeah, that's not not a bad not a bad thing to have. I always have headphones, and am also paranoid and bring multiple sets of headphones because I'm afraid one's going to die. I actually completely agree. Or I'm going to lose a pair. But one of my my most recent addition to my travel repertoire that that fits that narrative for me is one of those power packs, like a like a power bank thing. Yes. Do you want to know a uh, very funny story about a new fancy backpack that I got for myself? Uh, one of those backpacks that's supposed to charge you know, kind of has a little charging port for you and has a lock, nice lock on top. So you can lock all of your stuff in there, a little combo lock on top. And then first day I had it, went to change the lock and completely locked myself out and can't even use that mechanism anymore. Oh my God. <laughs> so yep, How... we try, we try. So what do you, what do you do? You just get rid of it now? No, I mean, it's just like, it's just a stupid extra lock. Try to call a couple different numbers, got nothing. So it's just, just an added annoying extra weight, really, but yeah, just a uh, par for the course. Let's say I have a travel question for you because you do some mm-hmm. some fair traveling as well. Yes, yes, uh, yes. When you're flying, are you an aisle seat or a window seat? Window seat, all hundred percent. I don't. I, ah. There's there's the little kid aspect of like, oh my god, I'm flying in an airplane. I have to look out the window and see the things we're flying mm-hmm. over. Will never yep. go away. All right, I like it. Are you? Do you have a? Do you have a preference? Honestly, so I uh, I go with depending on when I fly out. So if it is like in the morning, I still want to get some sleep and I want to control, you know, the window and who else gets the sun shine on them, then I like the window. Otherwise, I like the aisle. I don't want to disrupt anyone. Have a beer. Good to go. Get right into the aisle if need be. The one exception is if I have a long flight, I will like go for the aisle because it's like, hey, cool. Uh, I can get up and get out when I need mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah. Feel a little bit more open. Not as not as crammed sometimes, which is good on those long flights. Yeah. So we're continuing our journey through Salt Lake City. And uh, we've got another great featured brewery, Shades Brewing. I'm very excited to drink the two beers that we do have from uh, Shades today. So we are going to be starting here with their Belgian style, Chappelle Al. One of my most favorite styles. And... The other, oh, it is the, 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 
the Quake number one golden sour ale. It is, it's a number one golden sour ale. If anyone has a good pronunciation, let me know. But it sounds Quake? delicious. Quake? Uh, yeah, shout out to our to our, our subscribers joining us for tonight's live stream. If you could phonetically type out that beer name that is spelled K-V-E-I-K, we, we'd appreciate it. I'm just going to spill the beans now. We were hoping that our, our planned guest for tonight's show could help us with that. We hope everything is okay, but we mm-hmm. have lost contact with our planned guests for tonight's show. So, you know, hopefully they get back to us. Uh, Doug in the chat says Kavek. Kavek. All right. Yeah. Thanks, Doug. I appreciate that. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. We very much do appreciate it. D- Doug says he's just guessing. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. I think our our development of no guest first time, I think, in Bruiseless Traveled History that I guess just we could we, we lost contact with them. So I think in celebration of that, we should drink this 10% Belgian Triple. I think it's an excellent way to kick off the show. Yeah, I, I typically have the same glasses that I always grab for this and and they get they get used a lot, but I, I dug into the back of the the glass. Ooh. I was gonna say glass bin. I don't have a bin of glasses. My my glass cabinet and got this little little guy, little number here that I thought I was very like appropriate it. for our ten percent Belgian Trapel style ale that we have from Shades today yeah. uh, for this episode. Oh. So cheers, cheers everybody. Get on into it, Kvike, according to the web. Okay, Kvike. Oh my god, that is so good. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I don't believe then that this is ten percent. No, no, this is a dangerous ton. I don't. This is yeah. This could things could get off the rails here. We we don't we we don't have someone to talk to. It's just the two of us. We're drinking yes. this ten percent beer to start <laughs> off here. Oh boy, you guys might be in for something tonight. So, Belgian style triple ale. Shades describes it as a traditional Belgian profile with peach and pear and clove like aroma, and that's that's exactly what I get. Peach and and pear, a little bit of that like clove spice. Mm-hmm. I definitely kind of get that spice at the end. And just not not a hint of I'm not getting a hint of of like alcohol flavors. Maybe I uh maybe it has something to do with the the pop, the sugary pop that I had before we started the stream, but mm-hmm. I definitely have I there's I get a good alcohol presence, but pretty balanced, you know? It doesn't it doesn't smack me in the face, which a lot of them will sometimes tend to do. Um, I thought I was really, really going to kind of feel and taste this 10%. And uh, I'm, I'm happy with uh, with the outcome here. I think one of the, the impressive things with beers like that, we've been talking so much about ABV this month because Utah has their 5% on draft law and anything other than that has to be put in bottles or cans. And I always think that the mark of a really good brewer is somebody that can play in that zone below 5% and above 7%. And finding a way to dial in a beer that's over 9% alcohol, 10%, 11%, you get up into those big beers, I think is always a mark of a, of a really good brewer. And I think this is just a testament to what what Shades can do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I agree. And, you know, I wasn't in Shades the last time I was in Salt Lake, but the time before that, I stopped in and I was getting right into the heart of summer and I'm big sour kick at that point. And I had their pina colada sour and it teetered above. It was around 7% or so. And same thing, just very well done. Really no, no big alcohol present, really uh, nice sour to it, but the pina colada was really present, not overly coconutty in one way or another. So 
they definitely nail their styles, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that beer, if that's the Kavik, 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 that one, Thai Tom Kai Ka, that's a variant of the beer that we're going to be drinking tonight. I believe that won a gold medal at GABF in 2019. Oh, there you go. So yeah, shout out to the active people in the chat. Obviously, we're, it's just me and Molly tonight. We have uh, we have some rapid fire questions here that we plan to ask our guests tonight. That's going to be a new thing we're going to try out, and uh, we could we could we could do it. I, I could ask you these questions, Molly. I think we could yeah. get you. I can adapt these a little bit to you. Mm-hmm. All right. So I want to adapt these questions to people for their background, like where they live. Molly, you currently live in Pittsburgh. You're from Chicago land area, so we can adapt mm-hmm. some of it to that. Just favorite, favorite brewery, fa- favorite beer from a brewery we don't work with at our company. Oh, so definitely going back to the uh, Chicagoland roots with Three Floyds. And obviously their their gumball head is one of my go-to beers for sure. Uh, but also their zombie dust is probably anytime I'm home, I have to grab that one. And then Revolution Brewing out in Chicago, all of their hero series, their IPA series, they do a nice variety pack. They'll feature a different hop in each of their hero series. So that's where you get the uh, Galaxy Hero, Anti Hero is part of that series. So uh, every time I'm there, I have to get a good variety pack of that. Well, that leads me wonderfully into my next question. Favorite hop? So weirdly enough, Galaxy Hops. There's a few. It is Revolution that has in that hero series did a straight IPA with Galaxy Hops and it it blew my mind. I don't know why. I don't I you know, it's normally not what I gravitate towards when it's the main sex style in a beer, but for some reason, like that main hop, I I love it. Uh you have time off. You you staying indoors or going outside? Oh, God, you know, I, I want to say going outside and being in a healthy, active human being, but my God, I love staying indoors. I really do. <laughs> yeah, I, just, yeah, I want I, your honest <laughs> answers. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So Let's I mean, if there's, a, if there's a good show on, I have some beers, play some games and hang on out. Cool. I, I appreciate the honesty. Dogs or cats? Mm-hmm. God, I have uh, so many here. I have three cats and one dog. So mm-hmm. um Overall, I honestly, I, I have to like cover my dog's ears because I'm a cat person. I think got to go with the cats. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. Is ketchup acceptable on hot dogs? Oh God. Uh, so this is how I knew I was destined for Pittsburgh because yes, uh, growing up in Chicago where they literally will kick you out of some places. If you put ketchup on your hot dog, I would, my go-to order is two hot dogs with ketchup. So I, uh, it's a really good thing that I now live here in Pittsburgh. I'm more accepted. Okay. Okay. I think I know the answer to this one. Revolution or Goose Island? Revolution all day. Okay. Okay. Uh, Czech or German pills? Oh, see, and I, I, I saw this question and I feel in my heart, I want to say Czech, but I don't have a follow-up as to why. That's fine. Cool. All right. Have you ever seen a UFO? No, not. Oh. I know. Like I, I wish I had a story, but any any sort of UFO sightings have been it. You know, your deep breath, yeah. your deep I, breath. Like uh, you set me up. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's got a serious one here. I was trying to think. I was going to see if we could take like a paranormal turn. I don't know. You know, but UFOs for I unfortunately have never seen one. You said uh, paranormal. Have you seen a ghost? Ooh, so I do have a good ghost story. There is a 
a fairly well-known haunted graveyard right around where I grew up in the south suburbs of Chicago. So in Oak Forest, Illinois, there's Bachelors Grove Cemetery. And it's been featured in a few different things and just kind of known as a uh, just an overall haunted cemetery, right? Uh, I would go there growing up with my dad. He definitely sparked my love of all things spooky. We're getting into spooky season, my favorite season. So we would go there, you know, during the day when I was a child and pretend to scare me. But there was one time went with uh, my brother and some friends. And, uh, you know, our friends were very much into kind of recording and, you know, videotaping at this time. And we went late at night and we snuck through, uh, you know, there's a, a long path you should be going down, but we snuck in through the woods and waited till the sun went down. And we uh, all had flashlights. We just put new batteries in and I not kidding. The second the sun went away, we turned our flashlights on and every single one of them died. From that point on, it was just like, I don't know if that played into it, uh, but there was definitely some uh, some spooky vibes that evening. And then when we decided to leave, the second we left from the woods, every flashlight in our backpack turned back on. So that's my paranormal story. The only one oh. I have, but it's it's up there. It's top tier, I think. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty spooky. A little spooky. What about you? Do you have any... Uh, spooky stories ufo stories uh i don't know what it is i like where it's going already then i don't know why i asked this because i didn't have any intention on sharing this i've i've told maybe my wife and a couple family members oh, well <laughs> about then this, we're, so. we're, yes. okay uh, might so as well broadcast it here before i got into the beer industry i worked in hospitality i was managing a restaurant i would work pretty late at night one, two, three o'clock in the morning after closing the place down and I'd get home and I'm not the type of person that can like just go to bed. So I would stay up. I would drink a couple beers, eat some food, you know, make some choices that are generally bad for my health. And I would mm-hmm. do this because I was still living at home at the time. I would do this on my parents' porch, which is like outside. It's right adjacent to some woods areas. It's a suburb, so it's not too remote, but uh there's some woods right there outside of the outside of the the sunroom porch area. And uh, one Friday night, I'm sitting there after work, indulging in some beers, some other things. You know, like I said, bad choices for my health. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I see out the window across from me, out the screen window across from me, like up on the hill in the woods, just this kind of like swell of light. It's like if somebody had a dimmer on a, a, a light that was like contained to like a six foot radius okay. and it just like swelled up and then swelled back down. And then I heard this very weird, like uh, kind of clicking noise. Ooh. I've done Donzo going inside. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's probably something weird. You know, we do live in Pennsylvania. There's deer. They make all kinds of weird noises. There's people that live. There's a house right up there. So it could have been something from the house, whatever. Scared me. Didn't think much about it. One week later, same exact time on a Friday night, same situation, hanging out on my porch. Uh, this time, my uh, wife was with me. She was my girlfriend at the time. We were uh, both sitting out there watching TV this time. And same exact thing happened, except it was much closer to the house this time. It was like 20 feet 
10, 15 Wait. feet from the house this time. So the and how far apart was this from your your initial sighting of this into one this week? One? one week. One week. One week. Same time that it happened the week before, and oh. uh, same thing again. Swell of light and that clicking noise, and then like the movement of brush, and uh, we were both done inside mm-hmm. like Out. sprinted <laughs> inside i think i if if i was telling the story honestly i might have knocked her over a little bit to, to get in the house first in front of her mm-hmm. if you're not first or last you know i mean someone they have to take someone right so i <sighs> next week so 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 two weeks it happens in a row next week myself my brother and his good friend were like okay we're gonna we're gonna stay out here on the porch we're all gonna stay together we got a video camera with us we have flashlights we had things to defend ourselves and you know we were gonna sit out there and try to investigate this and maybe fight mm-hmm. whatever it was that As was. You would. yeah yeah and nothing happened and that's the end really? of the story it's a very anticlimactic <gasps> end yeah so like uh, but this it was other a thing that was a ride though this thing that i cannot explain i'm not i'm not a paranormal person i'm not i'm not a uh i don't necessarily like chase ufos or conspiracy theories but this thing happened to me i cannot explain it i i've never had anything else happen to me like i know what a camera flash looks like i'm a you know amateur photographer i i know what camera flashes look like i know what people's lights turning on up there look like i there's no lights that are close enough that then could move down the hill. Like the explanation is there's there's something that I don't know what happened and I can't explain it. Or somebody was fucking with me and they did it like a, good, <laughs> a really good job of it because like 10 years later, it's still bothering Keeps you me. up at night. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of hoping for the latter now. Yeah. I just I hope there's someone <laughs> that's just out there right now that maybe stumbled upon this story like thank god i still got him like he's he's still gonna, thinking about it <laughs> i'm gonna run it yeah it's it's, it's the most pennsylvania thing i think a deer with a flashlight <laughs> rj in the chat says deer with a flashlight uh, like i'm gonna run into somebody like a friend that i haven't seen in a long time and they're gonna be like hey man do you know the one time like 20 years ago you were you were sitting on your porch and i came by and i was gonna say hi but like i just decided to fuck with you instead and like I did it twice, and then the next week, this big thing happened, and I couldn't get back there and do it again. And, uh, yeah, hopefully. I'm kind of hoping. Either that yeah, or, I'm really, I'm hoping for that for you. Or I'm going to get abducted, and they'll, they'll tell me what happened. Yeah, well, then you'll have a story for a podcast in a future date. Let's take a beer break. We're still talking about the Mighty Five, Utah's five national parks. Next up, Bryce Canyon, Capitol Reef, and Zion. Connected by the stunning scenic Byway 12, Bryce Canyon and Capitol Reef National Parks both offer a unique perspective on southern Utah landscape. Capitol Reef gives visitors the opportunity to view much of the park's natural beauty from their car, as Capitol Reef's scenic drive is lined with pull-offs with scenic views along the 8-mile road. Bryce Canyon is known for its hoodoos, Rock formations with a totem pole-shaped body created by ice and rain erosion. Bryce Canyon is also home to an alpine forest, and because of its higher elevation, snow-capped rock formations are abundant in the winter. Finally, we have Zion, the second most visited national park in the United States, and the first national park established in Utah. Most well known for iconic canyoneering routes like the Narrows, 
Zion is truly the epitome of outdoor playgrounds in Utah. Visitors can enjoy world-class hiking, backpacking, rock climbing, canyoneering, and some of the most impressive and beautiful nature that the country has to offer. Visiting the Mighty Five should be on every traveler's bucket list, and I'm ashamed to say that I'm only one for five right now. I did propose to my wife in Arches, and it was one of the greatest days of my life. I hope you too get the opportunity to make memories in Utah's beautiful, natural landscape. Now let's get back to the show. All right. Back on track. Beer, beer number two here? Might as well. I, uh, you know. <laughs> there is no track tonight, Molly. We can't even no say track. we're, we're off the rails. No. There yeah, is, that's true. It was, it was off way before, huh? We're driving a train down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness me. So beer number two here. Very excited about this. We have their Kvake number one American style golden sour ale dry hopped with Nelson Sauvin hops. And this is a multiple award winner, two-time GABF award winner, won both a gold medal and a bronze medal. Oh, my God. And you can see why. I'm so excited for this beer. This, I've been thinking about this all day, actually. I think this is the first time for, for long-time uh, subscribers. I think this is the first time that we uh, have had like a, uh, have had a, a non-kettle like kettle sour sour beer. Something that was fermented with some wild yeast and it's got some funk to it. Oh my God, that's so good. I feel like that's definitely what I'm gravitating more towards nowadays. I want more of the funk. You know, I want a little bit of that. I want it to be sour, but I find myself, I think my introduction, you know, into kind of your sours and your golden, uh, your golden sours and the like is, you know, you get really sweet and really sour and then you kind of tone it down and you, you pull out those like more funky tones in there. And that's where I definitely find myself now. So this is this is excellent. Yeah, that's my one um, my one love of beer. Well, my, yeah, I guess my one love of beer that we really haven't gotten to get into too much on the podcast is is those wild ales because they're mm-hmm. not typically canned. They're not, you know, something that's packaged and and meant for long term delivery. And so, uh, very excited to have this. It has beautiful floral aromas there's some citrus in the aroma definitely coming from the nelson sauvin hop there's that classic white grape that you get from Mm -hmm. nelson sauvin this is just wonderful dan in the chat asks, uh what role does dry hopping play in the sour does it balance it not typically to get okay i was gonna say let's not get into a rabbit hole let's get into a rabbit hole typically the thing that makes beer sour is something called lactic acid bacteria it's either pediococcus or the more commonly found lactobacillus and that goes through a process of mitosis similar to yeast when they go into fermentation and what is happening is it's creating lactic acid and there are certain organic compounds within the hops that will actually inhibit that growth so the balancing act that happens in sour beer, rather than balancing bitter and sweet, you're balancing out the sweet with the sour. That works out in like a gastronomic sense, but biologically, hops were not added to those beers historically because it would stop that sour production of it would stop that production of of bacteria that would create the sourness in the beer. So to answer your question directly, it's it's mostly used for aromatics. Might add a little bit of flavor to it, but you know, dry hopping is mostly going to lend to the aroma of the beer, and that's going to play in with the flavor of the beer, but definitely trying to complement the fermentation character that's in there 
and bring out a lot of nice aromas that wouldn't be possible without dry hopping. I have a friend in town here that uh, started a local brewery that was known for only doing sour ales. They were originally called Dry Log, and then they became Strange Roots, which is you know, somewhat made a name for themselves uh, across the country. Mm-hmm. And and uh, one of the things that Dennis taught me when, when I first started brewing sour beers at, at home and uh, the mm-hmm. first thing I did was a dry hop sour is he was like, you have to add two to three to four times the amount of hops that you would add to a normal beer to get the same aromatic contributions because sour beers just such a different world you know there's so many different flavor compounds going on in there and there's so much different biologically going on in there is that it it Mm -hmm. takes that much more you know it takes that much more concentration and focus during the fermentation stage it takes that much more hops to affect it it takes a lot of fruit Mm -hmm. you know those fruited sour beers that that a, a lot of breweries are making it takes a lot of fruit to make those beers so much. Yes. And just, I mean, even just obviously sanitation and cleaning is the the biggest part of brewing in general. Right. But then when you get into your, your sours and your mixed cultures and, you know, these, these fermentations, like that's just a whole nother ball game on ensuring that that's not, you know, those yeast strains aren't going to affect anything else in your brewery because, and the, the cleaning that you have to go through is just mind blowing for that. So definitely appreciate these styles when you know everything that goes into it. Uh, in the chat again, I saw a question earlier that I wanted to answer. Um, how many cities do does our, our our sister company, City Brew Tours, operate in? That number is up to 17 now. And those 17 cities are, oh boy, oh. Uh, Burlington, Boston, D.C., Philadelphia, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, New York City, Portland, Oregon, Des Moines, Iowa, Salt Lake City. And then we have our wonderful franchisees that operate in Birmingham, Alabama, Charlotte, North Carolina, Raleigh, North Carolina, South Jersey, the Jersey Shore, and north of the border in Montreal, Quebec. Got 17? Nailed it. I had two fingers on my other hand. I started counting for you. That was 17. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yes. But don't, don't listen to us. Check us out in any one of those cities. Yes, please. Great, a great time. Mm-hmm. We we don't do this, and we're just trying things out this week. Beer news. This podcast is going to come out next week, so this beer news will be like hot off the presses seven days from now. But no, I think it might actually be because this article actually just came out. Uh, Brewbound uh, has reported at five o'clock today that the ball corporation, you know, everybody's talking about aluminum cans shortages, mm-hmm. problems in the brewing industry associated with that right now. Well, the largest manufacturer of aluminum cans mm-hmm. in the world has actually just sold to <gasps> a Russian company called the RNS group for $530 million. Whoa. Yeah. Well, wow. that's something. If you want to know how much aluminum cans are worth now, the <laughs> I I that's I I that is surprising, honestly, that that it wasn't more. Ball is like, like I mean, I, I agree. Like, it's the only one. I mean, one of the ma- it's the top tier. There's others, yes. It's the but there's it's the others, top but... tier when you any of the the large production venues I've explored, at least I feel like majority use ball. Any 19.2 ounce can that you see out there mm-hmm. that's made by Ball. 
Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, like like the article says, like we said, it's the largest manufacturer of aluminum beverage cans. So not even just beer for the brewing industry, but cans for pop and energy Mm -hmm. drinks. And I I just I I, 530 million does not. I thought that's a lot of money, but the biggest aluminum can manufacturer in the world. That is that is very interesting news, actually. Like and there's still. CO2, was that an issue for a while? Is that, was that still ongoing as well? I know the brewing industry is just facing. It's just, it's just been rough out there, guys. That is seeming to be a little bit more fluid situation than some people okay. originally led on to. I, I know I, I bought, I bought uh, CO2 as like a, a home brewer mm-hmm. uh, a month or so ago, and it was just as cheap bef- then just as cheap as it was before the pandemic. But, you know, I have a, small tank here it's not like the yeah. big tanks that the breweries are using and the the bulk co2 that they're getting and i've started to hear more rumblings about that actually researching the interview that we were going to do today uh there was a mm. couple articles about how co2 supply chain issues are actually starting to uh come to a head good well you know we're getting we're getting back there some way I meant I'm no, no, no. You said good. And I was like, why'd you say good to that? No, I meant come to a head as in, as in like the, the, those issues oh, that people wow. uh, foreshadowed are actually coming to fruition. Oh, I thought we were going the other way on that. Whew, what a day. <laughs> yep. Nope. Nope. <laughs> oh, nope. Nope. Boy. Nope. So the other cool thing to say about uh, shades with this Kvake number one especially is that they do like six or seven different variants as i mentioned earlier they do have one that won another gold medal at gabf that was brewed to be like a pina colada cocktail Mm -hmm. and uh they just experiment a lot with this beer which is one of the things that's really cool is that they use this kind of as their golden ale sour base and can really run with that and you know add all kinds of different fruit flavors and mimic cocktail flavors and barrel agent and do all kinds of different stuff so definitely a very cool aspect of what shades is doing oh absolutely i mean this is this is a great base gabf is coming up pretty quick correct gabf is coming up yeah. october 5th through the 9th when uh when this episode releases on in podcast form uh Amazing. will be a will be a week away and uh, we are happy to report that producer Laura will be out there representing mm-hmm. the Bruise Less Travel crew. We have a couple other people going out there for the company. But uh, if you if you're going to GAB, stop by our booth. Say hi to Laura. Mm-hmm. Say hi mm-hmm. to the other fine folks working that booth. We'll be talking about Bruvana, Bruise Less Traveled, and City Brew Tours. So definitely come say hi if you're going to be there. Shades Brewing, two great beers. And uh, I think I think we made it, Molly. I think I think we did it. I think so. Yeah, this was. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm impressed, actually. Uh, no, these these beers were delicious, quite honestly. Um, I think that they're very true to their style, something that I typically wouldn't necessarily order for myself right off the bat. So uh, really happy to share these beers with uh, you fine folks here tonight. These were uh, these are very good. I'm putting up with yeah. us here. <laughs> putting up with us. That's that's definitely that's definitely f- for sure. But a huge shout out to our beer club subscribers hanging out in the chat and keeping with us, throwing your thoughts into the chat. You're you're keeping us alive here tonight. Yes. You can uh you can find Shades Beer 
in many places, actually. It looks like it's distributed all throughout Idaho, throughout Utah, of course, Colorado, some places in California. And uh, yeah, they even have a beer finder. So you can head to Shades Brewing.beer slash beer finder. I love a dot beer. This is the second dot beer we've had this year. I agree. You could follow Shades on Instagram at Shades underscore Brewing. You can follow us on all the social medias at Bruvana. Uh, you can also find more from us at Bruvana.com. You can join the beer club there and help support this very show. You can also check out our Hoppy Hanukkah and 12 Beers of Christmas boxes, which are basically the beer club experience condensed down into eight or 12 consecutive nights of drinking and fun around the holidays. Come on. That's that's going to be a great time. We'd love to have as many of you join us. This will be our third year doing it. And uh, I dare, dare to say it'll be our best year yet. Ooh. Also, on October 4th, shameless plug for myself here. The Tuesday after this episode of Bruce Less Traveled airs as a podcast. You can see me on the season finale of Next Exit, Untaps Beer and Travel Show. Uh, so head over to their YouTube page. Subscribe now so you don't miss out on it so we'll be back next week with another episode thanks for co-hosting molly hey you're welcome ryan this was uh i really enjoyed this one tonight this time flew by honestly really did thanks to everybody for hanging out until next time stay safe be kind and support local breweries cheers everybody cheers